Meet Jonathan Ware from Delta Airlines. He ensures privacy law and Delta's policies align. Jonathan went to UGA for undergrad and law school academics. He's been instrumental helping Delta through the COVID-19 pandemic. So on today's podcast, I am happy to introduce Jonathan Ware, who is the Assistant General Counsel at uh, Delta Airlines. Welcome, Jonathan. Greetings. Thank you so much, Noah. It's great to be with you today. Okay, so uh, we'll start out by talking about uh, growing up. What kind of things did you think about? Uh, what did you want to be as a kid? And was privacy uh, you know, ever on your mind very early on? Privacy was actually uh, never on my mind when I was a child, although I did want to be a lawyer. I, I was a huge fan of uh, the Hardy Boys when I was a child, and I used to voraciously read every single Hardy Boys mystery. And there, the father of the Hardy Boys was a lawyer, Fenton Hardy. And so when I was six, seven, eight years old, my dream aspiration was to be a Fenton Hardy, to be a lawyer like the Hardy Boys dad. Uh, so while law was an early uh, aspiration, I, I wouldn't say that privacy was uh, in my spectrum of awareness at that point in time when I was a child. Okay, so were, were there many other uh, lawyers in your family and did you always stick with that career route all the way through? I, I, I had uh, an uncle uh, that was a lawyer in, uh, in Florida, and he was the only other lawyer in my, uh, in my family. So I'm not, uh, you know, from a generational family uh, of lawyers, uh, uh, but uh, chose that because I, um, it, I, I knew that the, the path of law, I was very much in, interested in international business and I knew that the path of law would give me a lot of opportunities in, in the field of, uh, of business. Okay, so uh, moving on, do you have any sort of uh, high school jobs or what was your first, what was uh, your first job? My, my fir very first job was working at Kmart, the discount store. So I started as a cashier when I was 15 years old working at Kmart and I worked there until I was 21 years old uh, in a variety of capacities, including uh, running the blue light for the blue light special. <laughs> <laughs> so I, actually that was, I really appreciate the time that I had in retail and especially blue end retail. I think that that's something that every single person on the planet should uh, do at one point in, in their lives um, because it gives me great respect for people that are in those uh, positions and working uh, for the general public. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I learned a lot of very valuable lessons working in that, uh, working in that capacity. Well said, well said. So uh, you ended up going to college at um, the University of Georgia. Can you talk a little bit about that, what you majored in there, what sorts of uh, activities you did uh, when you were in college? Yeah, that, so in college, my undergraduate major was in German literature. So um, I had um, uh, spent time tra uh, traveling in Germany and 
I had an interest in learning the language. So my, my undergraduate major was in German literature and I went on to uh, get a master's degree in German linguistics um, and, and actually taught uh, first and second year German at the University of Georgia uh, for two years before I went to law school. Wow. So do you ever you know, use uh, those, those German skills nowadays? I do mostly socially. Uh, I, in my first law practice, uh, I was in a bilingual uh, legal practice. So I had a German speaking secretary. I had uh, five German speaking uh, attorneys that I worked together with as part of a practice group. And most of my correspondence was uh, multilingual um, and yeah, uh, uh, we my firm represented uh, over three hundred uh, German companies at the time. So um, I, I also a bit later in my career, when I was uh, when I uh, came to Delta, our main human resources office at the time was based in Frankfurt, and so I had a lot of opportunity in working with my colleagues there uh, to use my language skills. Um, you know. Handy, uh, most importantly, socially, and then also, uh, of course, when I'm negotiating with uh, a uh, counterparty that is, um, you know, based in, in a German speaking country. Fascinating. Um, okay, so then after you taught German, then uh, you decided to go to law school, also at the University of Georgia. Talk a little yes. bit about you know that experience. What sorts of uh, you know internships you did during the summers and uh, uh, your experience there? Yeah, uh, th that is great. So um, the what, so when I was at um, when I was in law school, um, the Olympics were uh, my my focus. First of all, in law school was uh, was international. Uh, business transactional law. That's what I, I focused on and, and the curriculum that I was most interested in. And uh, so um, th at the same time, the Olympics were going on here in Georgia. So in, in every, the Olympics took place here in 1996. And, you know, from about 1994 going forward, there was a lot of preparation here in Atlanta for that uh, big event, um, and including many international companies that established offices here and um, uh, brought uh, new business into Atlanta. Um, and, and so uh, out, of the, out of those connections, um, I, I learned that there was a, a, a German law firm that had an office uh, here. They, they, they had five offices in Germany. Um, I had um, one office here in Atlanta, and I uh, did an internship uh, for uh, a couple of summers with that particular firm because it was very suited for you know to my language skills. Ultimately, that firm uh, merged uh, into another firm, um, and uh, I didn't you know get to work for them after school. I went to work for another firm, Smith, Gambrell and Russell based here in Atlanta in you know, their, their German practice group. Okay, so then uh, is that who you worked with then right following law school? Yep, immediately right out of law school, I was in, uh, I went to Smith, Gambrell and Russell and worked in 
their German American practice group. That's right. Yeah. And and in that context, we uh, represented over 300 German companies and and uh, a broader variety of uh, international uh, companies from around the world. So now it was around that time that you first started learning a little bit about privacy with the, the EU directive on data protection. Uh, can you talk about, you know, your first interactions with it and, and what it was like in those uh, very early days? Yes. So well, I first became aware of the European Union directive on data protection in uh, law school. So it was something that was being promulgated at the time and that built on uh, prior European Union uh, law, but was really something that was um, a first of its kind at, at that point in time and had broad reaching implications in Europe, mainly in the technology uh, industry. Um, when I um, went to work um, for, for my firm, because of the number of European clients that we represented, uh, data protection was certainly something of interest. Um, however, at that juncture, most uh, U.S. companies did not have data protection on their radar. It just wasn't something that was, uh, in spite of the dot-com era that was um, beginning to uh, bloom and blossom at that uh, same time, um, it, it was um, not something that was on everyone's collective radar at that juncture. It, it was an emerging development in everyone's awareness. Uh, but, but through those experiences and working with European clients, uh, particularly working with clients that, uh, um, that were in the software industry, I became aware uh, of the directive and its potential impact uh, with regard to processing of personal data. So then after that, you uh, moved to Delta Airlines where you're, you're currently at and you have a lot of experience working in, you know, many different countries and uh, wading through, you know, a variety of countries' laws. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what's that like? Because sort of that seems like what the privacy landscape is right now with so many different splinters um, and, and a variety of laws in every country. So talk a little about, you know, what that's like uh, working in, in those other countries and uh, your experience at Delta. Sure. So when I was a young lawyer, I um, was recruited to, to come to Delta and I had what uh, was uh, first given responsibility for uh, the company's legal matters in over 25 countries, first about 15 and then over uh, a year and a half or so that expanded to about 25 countries. And um, the uh, um, you know, m many of those were uh, uh, located in Europe, although I had uh, countries in other regions of the world uh, as well. Uh, uh, of course, um, an airline processes a lot of uh, customer uh, information. And our general counsel at the time was uh, aware of uh, the, the European Union directive on data protection uh, and uh, realized that we needed to have a compliance program to deal with the implications of that new set of laws. Um, so I was given the task uh, to uh, develop uh, the first privacy compliance program that, uh, that we had as an airline, which was a very exciting thing for a young lawyer. 
uh, I was given uh, a budget. Um, I began uh, studying that, you know, at the time there were very few um, uh, privacy groups uh, that, that um, were, were active uh, in the United States. Um, and, and so I, I had to really to, um, uh, to, to do a lot of uh, self-study in this area. I was very fortunate. I was part of a, a group based out of Washington, D.C., uh, led by uh, a lawyer by the name of, of um, uh, Bob Belair. Uh, Privacy in American Business was uh, the group that uh, he founded that was an excellent, excellent resource and um, connected me with uh, leaders in privacy from across the country. Um, so, uh, but but pretty much with regard to uh, building our program, um, you know, myself and a couple of uh, my colleagues in marketing and, and uh, you know, one of my colleagues in IT really built that program from uh, the ground up. Uh, okay, great. So can you go into that a little bit more? What sorts of things did you work on and how was that working, you know, across different divisions uh, in the company? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I think one of the things, at least, um, you know, at that point in time in the United States, there, um, uh, there was no law um, applicable generally to, to companies that required them to have a privacy policy. Um, now, th th that isn't universally true. There were uh, uh, specific sectors like financial services and, um, you know, and healthcare companies and um, and and uh, companies of that nature uh, did have obligations to provide uh, disclosures and and privacy notices and things like that. But other types of companies generally were not subject um, to those types of obligations. And so, um, you know, oddly enough, at that point in time, from a legal perspective, um, one didn't have to have a privacy policy. Um, and so uh, there was very little risk in not having one. Um, but then once you developed one, suddenly you exposed yourself to a potential risk. Uh, and that risk, um, you know, was making sure that the policy was uh, complete and uh, accurate and provided the right degree of transparency. And so a lot of the um, activities that I undertook in uh, crafting that privacy policy was was essentially learning about our business, um, you know, learning um, how um, uh, uh, did the company process data, how was the company using data, where was the company collecting data, what were the retention parameters that we had around the data, and and so um, uh, and and then of course making sure that there were um, uh, that we described. Um, those activities accurately, um, and then of course uh, developed and had in place mechanisms to uh, ensure that if there were changes, that those changes were uh, to how things were processed or stored or, or, or retained um, or collected. That that uh, we we had mechanisms in place to uh, address that and to ensure that those changes were appropriately vetted and captured. So it sounds like a lot of those skills are even still applicable today, knowing what data you have and where it's kept, how it's collected, um, and, and knowing how to adjust to changes. 
you know, can you talk a little bit about how you've kind of used those skills later on, like with the GDPR, for example? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think all of these skills are directly relevant. Um, I, I think that from my perspective, what GDPR uh, did was essentially codify a framework for things that companies that had good privacy programs were doing already. So for example, privacy by design, um, uh, you know, that one considered privacy by design and by default and uh, new products or services that, that one uh, was creating. I, th I think even prior to GDPR, companies with good privacy processes, for example, had um, those types of procedures in place um, simply to ensure that they were being uh, transparent about how information was uh, being processed and used. And, and so um, uh, the, um, um, you know, I, I, I think that all of those skills I developed early in my career are directly relevant to what uh, unfolded later in uh, 2018 once GDPR became effective. That's great. Uh, so moving to the present day, you know, maybe no industry has been more affected than the airline industry as far as the, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. So can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, how your personal involvement in that and what kind of, what are certain privacy questions um, that come up and, uh, you know, how, how, you've, how you've addressed all of uh, the recent changes? Sure. It, it, it's been a, a very interesting year. And I think if you had, if you had asked me um, uh, a, a year ago, if, uh, or, or two years ago, if airlines would have been processing health information, I would have told you, you know, that there's no way. <laughs> that there's very limited health information that an airline would ever operationally um, and, and need to uh, access, you know, basically things that would be necessary to ensure the, the safe transport of the passenger, like accommodating uh, special medical needs on the aircraft and, and, and things of that nature. And certainly the pandemic changed all of that, um, changed that with regard to our workforce to make sure, um, making sure that our employees, for example, were uh, safe. Um, and uh, change that with regard to our customer base for the very same reason. Uh, you know, one of the top priorities of an airline is to ensure the safety and security of uh, its passengers. So, um, you know, in, in order to facilitate that, um, you know, like many companies, airlines um, have implemented programs to in, in ensure that their uh, employees are um, uh, appropriately tested uh, for COVID um, to establish, uh, reestablish international air traffic uh, in the face of the pandemic. Um, uh, Delta was a leader in uh, implementing programs to, um, to, uh, to uh, test passengers so that there could be um, uh, international air traffic without uh, quarantine on either side. Um, and so, of course, there were a lot of privacy-related um, issues associated with those types of activities um, to ensure that they were done with uh, appropriate transparency and with appropriate consent, um, you know, to uh, uh, ensure the safety of everyone that was involved. Interesting. Um, you know, so looking forward, 
what kinds of things you know do you see Delta um, involved in on the privacy front? And then as far as yourself, what sort of uh, career goals or objectives do you have uh, looking forward? Yeah, well, I think you know the concerns for us are very similar to the concerns for any global company, which um, certainly in the post-pandemic world, um, I, I think that um, processing some level of, of uh, health information uh, going forward, that, that companies are probably handling that to a higher degree than they ever have uh, before. Um, and, and so having appropriate uh, procedures in place um, to uh, address those types of issues is, is going to be a concern, I, I think, for every global company. Um, you know, a, another um, a, a emerging issue that I see in the future going forward that would affect a wide variety of industries, not only um, uh, uh, would be uh, domestic privacy laws. So, um, you know, the, the, the law is very much uh, evolving. You um, have um, the CCPA um, that uh, is in California. You have a similar law now in Virginia. Uh, seeing the advent of, of those types of uh, uh, state laws, you know, perhaps even at some juncture of federal privacy law, I think is something on the, on the horizon um, and something that every company should uh, pay attention to. Okay, so uh, moving on to the last question for a listener thinking, you know, how can they become the next uh, Jonathan Ware? What kind of um, experiences or uh, advice would you have uh, that uh, that you'd recommend for those people? Yeah, sure. So I, I would um, recommend learning everything that you possibly can about uh, privacy. If you're interested in a, in a career uh, in privacy, I would also recommend that um, uh, uh, checking out uh, and and. Uh, obtaining a certification. You know, there are a wide variety of privacy certifications that, that are available um, even with, without uh, a law degree. And, and so, um, you know, that's something that, um, you know, we look for with uh, individuals that are uh, coming in to uh, assist with a privacy role. Um, you know, that's one of the things that, um, that uh, we, we would almost expect in this day and age would be, um, uh, you know, someone to have a, a, a certification in privacy. And so, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, um, there are, again, a wide variety of those, and it, it is an incredibly focused experience and opportunity to, um, um, uh, opportunity to learn in depth uh, about privacy in a focused way. Um, I would also say it, it, it practically simply to pay attention to uh, how your own data is, is being utilized. And um, I, I always make it a point to uh, investigate how I'm, I'm very conscious about my own data and uh, how it's utilized and am an uh, active uh, participant in and uh, ensuring my data is appropriately managed. So reading privacy policies and, uh, um, you know, when I uh, sign up for a new service, ensuring I understand how my data is going to be used in connection with that service. Um, you know, if you look at uh, some of the 
um, for example, in the in the uh, uh, the Apple App Store now, they have almost like a privacy nutrition label that you know boils uh, the the privacy policy down into some di digestible bites about you know how the how the app processes information. So you know, I think at a minimum, checking things like that out to ensure. Uh, that you know how your own personal data is 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 being processed, um, you know, which creates uh, greater awareness about privacy principles. So, um, you know, for someone starting out, I would say uh, simply learn everything that you can and seek out every opportunity that you can. That's great advice. Uh, I appreciate it, Jonathan. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yes, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate you.